where the Upper Cumberland talks. Inside the Stacks with Katherine Weisinger of the Putnam County Library. Check it out. News Talk 94.1. Hi, this is Katherine Weisinger, director of the Putnam County Library and host of Check It Out, the show about stories that start at the library. Today, I have super special guest Peggy Fergopoulos with me to talk about one of my all-time favorite subjects, and that is storytelling. Peggy, thanks so much for being here today. Thank you for asking. I'm super excited, and I have had the pleasure of hearing you tell some stories, and I love it. Every time, I am always captured and captivated by your stories. Thank you. So I'm going to probably ask you to tell one today. Right. <laughs> but first, tell us a little bit about you. Well, actually, I was born and raised here in Cookville. Okay. And well, I was downtown. I was just mentioning to you this past weekend, and I had kind of a deja vu because it was like it was in the 50s and 60s. Really? Yes. You had the streets were crowded with people. Mm-hmm. Saturday, we always went to town on Saturday. But I lived here the first, uh, let's say, 21 years of my life has went through tech and then moved to North Carolina for a couple of years and taught middle school. Pray for me. I will. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then went to uh, Georgia and taught there for six years and then went to Greece and taught there for five years. Okay. Then came back to Cookville. So I've been living here all the time since 1983. But you've moved a lot in the interim between yes. when you grew up here and returned. That's, that's correct. Uh-huh. So I'm seeing a little bit of a foundation for some of that storytelling. Yes. Yes, <laughs> most definitely. Storytelling, I feel like, is truly a gift, and it's certainly one that you possess. Do you feel like you've always been a storyteller, or that was something that developed over time and experience, or a little bit of both? Probably both, but mm-hmm. I do love literature. And I remember in school that our teachers would give out the literature book. And within two weeks, I had read every story that was in the book. All of it. Yes. Okay. Because I loved reading. And I would go to the library when you could only check out five books at a time. Okay. Now it's 20. It's 20. Yes. Okay. I don't read as much. (laughs) Sorry to say, because I'm writing part of that time. Yes. But, uh, When I was, uh, I remember specifically in the sixth grade that I broke my arm. Therefore, I could not work in the garden. Oh, absolutely not. No. No. You can't Mm, hold mm -mm. with one hand. You can't really do much Much but read. Not even wash dishes. Definitely not. That's right. Just Mm -mm. had to read. My mom was a jewel. She took me to Claire Cox Epperson Library on Broad Street. Where the old hospital was. Yes, and I was born in that old hospital. Okay, I love that. (laughs) I love it when I meet people who were born in the library, basically. Well, I was born there, and I had a sick spell and was actually hospitalized there, but all went well. And so she would take me three times a week. Okay, that's a lot. I know. I read over 300 books that summer. All of Freddie the Pig books, all of the history books that were the the blue back kind of cloth type books, um, and uh, it was uh, Freddie goes to Washington, Freddie goes to New yes. York, Freddie the yeah read them all and and Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys. I love and, Nancy Drew. Yes, so uh, yes, I love the library, and I love that you love the library. <laughs> it happens to be my favorite. 
And I am still stuck on the fact that you read 300 books in a summer. That's incredible. I didn't have to do garden work. That's so, true. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So your days And no were, TV. We didn't have a TV then. That's also a good point and good to remember that it was truly an outlet for people when they didn't have phones and televisions and even the movies. It was probably not as prevalent now to go somewhere. A book yeah, was we had a choice. Travel. If we had a TV, I would go to my neighbors to watch it. It was either a cowboy show or... It was a cowboy show oh. or on the third channel. It was a cowboy show. Okay. So you so, yes. either liked cowboys <laughs> so, or you read a book. That's right. Okay. So I would read, but I think maybe all of the reading instilled storytelling. And then, I mean, sixth grade, I hadn't had much of a story of my own life. Sure. You know, maybe a Christmas story or I really didn't understand. I thought it had to be dramatic and fantastic and you know, really a great conflict and whatever. And so I didn't feel that I had a story, but the longer you live, the more stories you have. Very well said. That is absolutely true. So when you're telling your stories, what is your favorite type of audience or or does it matter? Just anyone who will listen? Well, I usually, since we do storytelling here in Cookville, yes. and this is was our 10th year in Oh, at the History Museum. Yes, at the History Museum in in Dogwood Park. Mm -hmm. Uh, I usually kind of look at my audience and see if there's any younger people, and then I cater. Uh, Maybe it's for an all-age group. But um, since I taught, uh, especially in Greece, I taught all ages. Mm -hmm. So I believe I got used to what would entertain them or how I would get a message across to them. Right. Well, and that's a skill in and of itself, the ability to cater your story to your audience. You have to if you're going to get, keep their attention. I, right? I suppose that's true. And I'm sure your time in the middle school classroom probably really prepared you for working on your feet quickly. That's right. Very quickly. Well, it has been a pleasure and we'll be right back on Check It Out. We're back on Check It Out, the show about stories that start at the library. And I'm talking to Peggy Fragopoulos all about storytelling. And as we were talking, I have been thinking about storytelling really as entertainment, but truly it's also about preserving our history. So can you speak a little bit about how storytelling is a way to preserve history? Well, of course, the the oldest history that we have is through storytelling. Right. That's right. And of course, it was with families, even in ancient Greek times. And then it began to be written down. But uh, I know even in my own family, uh, we would entertain each other by telling stories. You know, you ask, okay, what did you do at school today? That's a story. It is a story. Yes. And sometimes it's a pretty good one. It can be very dramatic. That's right. Mm -hmm. And so you just talk about your family. And most of us, and it's sad that we do this, but when we lose a loved one that's older, then we think, oh, my gosh, why didn't I ask him about this? Or why didn't we talk about that? They were actually in that war, and we never discussed it. And so then it's too late. So I'm always a promoter of storytelling within the family. And that way you have that preserved and maybe somewhere later on, then you can tell the story and even write it down so that future generations would have it. 
That is wonderful advice. And I think it is so important to gather those family histories and family stories. And you spoke a little bit, you mentioned it a little, but can you talk about the difference between oral history and written history and and also how they intertwine? Okay. Uh, Well, the oral history, of course, we think that it gets changed as it goes down through the years. But I had a student that told me something once in the classroom. She said, Ms. Fergopolis, I know that all of your stories are true. And I said, how do you know that? And she said, because every time you tell us a story, it's always the same. You never change the subject matter and increase it like a fish story. Right. So that is not exaggerated. You always tell it the same way. Therefore, you say that it's, it's the truth and you stay with that truth. But when we even look at our history books, I used to believe it. It was the gospel. Right. That everything written in that book was true. Mm-hmm. And then as I go through life, I realize, no, it's not. It's always biased, depending on who the editors are, who are the writers of the article. And I remember specifically, I was teaching at Tennessee Tech, and it was a composition class. And so I was trying to explain to them fact and fiction and how do we differentiate and what can what are the questions we can ask ourselves that will let us pull out what is really truth and how we can maybe even research that truth. And so after I explained to them, and, and first question was always, do you believe everything's in the history book? We usually 100% say, yes, it's history. It's in the book. Therefore, it happened that way. And uh, at the end of my little lecture, I had a, a young lady that held up her hand in the back of the room. And she began to speak with an accent, and she said, you know, that's that's so true, since I am from Russia. And said, it wasn't until I came here to study that I realized that Americans were also in World War II. I thought we were the only ones fighting Hitler. No way. Yes, way. <laughs> that is a story. Yes. And what a good lesson. Yes. And for the entire class, not That's just true. her, of That's course. True. They all learned a lot that day, no doubt. Yes. Well, and that what a great way to say that. And so this is going to mean, can you tell me a story? I would love to hear a story about anything, but of course it will have to be quick. Okay. Well, I can do this one quickly, I think. Okay. Uh, and we were talking earlier about uh, different audiences. Yes. Well, my uh, niece, I always say my favorite niece, <laughs> Sorry for the others, uh, that, <laughs> but she was in the hospital in Vanderbilt, and so she had a daughter that was about five or six years old, and I was supposed to take her to see her mother in the hospital. So I have this five-year-old in a seat, uh, some special seat in the back seat, and uh, her seatbelt was on, and she goes, Aunt Peggy, would you tell me a story? And I went, oh, gosh, really? Um, I said to myself, I thought, Three Little Pigs. No, she's too old for that. Uh, Goldilocks and the Three Bears, too, too old. I don't know any stories. What am I going to tell her? And she said, please tell me a story. And I leaned in and I said, Autumn, have you ever heard of the story of Romeo and Juliet? And she says, no. I said, okay, here's the way it goes. Well, I told her, took all the way to Nashville, the entire story. Okay. Yeah, that okay? would take all the way to Nashville. That's right. And then at the end of it, she looked at me and she said, would you tell me that story again? And I went, no, <laughs> we'll, we'll get a different story on the way back. <laughs> right. She no. loved it, though. Yes, she did. 
Because I think people and truly she, all, love She became a lover of Shakespeare in high school. Uh, she liked Shakespeare. and Most of the people I know truly love stories. And that was a great one. <laughs> we'll be right back on Check It Out, the show about stories that start at the library. Hi, this is Katherine Weisinger, director of the Putnam County Library and host of Check It Out, the show about stories that start at the library. Today, I'm talking to Peggy Fragopoulos, and we have been discussing storytelling. But Peggy is not only a storyteller, she's also a writer. Yes, I never would have thought that I would have explained myself or told about myself that I was a writer because I've taught writing. And so my students would always, do you write? And I would, no, I read it, (laughs) read your papers. But um, when I first got on Facebook, I started doing a thought for the day. Okay. And I had always put a quote or something on the board for For students, their interest to begin the day. And so I began to do that little, it's not really a devotional. Sometimes it may sound like one or it's just a bit of encouragement Mm -hmm. because I think we all need it. We do. And so I've been doing it for 15 years. And so some people approached me and said, uh, I would love to be able to, you know, read these thoughts for the day, but I can't get them, you know, because I'm not a Facebook. I don't do the computer. And so that was my first incentive to put in together 365 thoughts for the day. That was volume one. And uh, so I think that, let me see, something different yet the same is the name of the book, volume one. And then I ended up uh, doing a second volume, again, something different yet the same. The thing that's the same is good advice or just about life, mm-hmm. and but it's my take on it. So it's a little bit different than what you might find elsewhere. So I ended up doing those two books, and then uh, I had an idea of an invention. I think sh- we should be able to create. I can't wait to hear it. it hasn't been done. And so one of my students near the end of my career in public schools raised his hand, and I said, yes. And he said, why don't you just write a book about your idea? And I thought, why not? So I started thinking about it, and within about a week's time, I thought I can do a mystery book. I can incorporate that into it. It's a little bit sci-fi, and uh, I can create this whole scenario and I put, placed it in the, for the most part, in the Upper Cumberland. And so part of it takes place at Tennessee Tech, uh, Monterey Mountain, uh, caves that are located in and around. It's called Voice Tracks. Voice and Tracks. And it's about a cold case abduction. Okay. And it's set in the Upper Cumberland. Yes. I love right. that. That's right. How can I and, get that book? Okay. My books uh, have just been placed in our new bookstore on the West Side. Plenty. Plenty. And so my devotion books and uh, that uh, mystery novel. And also my I've got a short story book out. So I'm assuming I'm going to have to read the book to know what this invention is. That's right. Is. I'm not going to tell you. I knew it. Man. Okay. <laughs> I think there's a copy at the library that you can uh, Absolutely. check it out. <laughs> I do think we have that book. I'm going to have to check it out and see what yes. this invention is. So we have volumes one and two of our thoughts of the day, words of encouragement, yes. and then the mystery. And then you mentioned short stories. Yes. Tell and, me a little bit about and that. And it's called The Truth As I Remember It. I like that. all of the stories in there are based on truth, but it is as I remember it. You know how it is sitting or talking to someone, they go, wait a minute, they didn't happen that way. I told mine first. So if they want to disagree with me, anyone who's in these stories, 
Well, and you might find yourself there. So then you will have to write your own version. Right. And yours has been published. That's right. So <laughs> I'm, we're going to go with yours. Yes. <laughs> have you found it hard or did you find it hard to transition from storytelling to writing? Or Actually, is it- I started writing before I started doing much storytelling. Okay. So writing was your first. Of course, I did storytelling in the classroom. But that's different than standing on stage, which I'm a little nervous doing that still. It is very different. To to be fair, though, a middle school audience is a pretty tough audience. It is. So I feel like if you can tell stories to middle schoolers, you can probably stand up in front of anyone and tell a story. I would think that. Yes. yes. <laughs> so the so writing the books came before storytelling. But do you feel like they were linked in any way or one thing helped you do another or are they t- two totally different things? Well, when I made my decision to uh, my thoughts for the day and also the short stories, it's my voice. Mm-hmm. Totally my and everyone has one. You've got a writer's voice. You've got a, a voice that you speak also. Well, when I started doing the storytelling, uh, I realized that it's like I tell my stories. It was the same. It's if I'm talking to you. And so from that perspective, the feedback that I've got, especially from students that I've had in the classroom, they'll go, I can just hear your voice in reading your story. Right. So uh, I think it's helped me. Now, with the novel, I did lots of research. I traveled the roads, getting specific scenery. I had to do a different mm-hmm. uh, approach it differently. But, you know, within a week, as I said, I came up with the idea I knew how it was going to begin, and I knew the ending. I already, it just fell in place, and I thought, well, maybe I am supposed to write this book. Well, if I want to hear storytellers, where can I go? Lots of storytellers are on YouTube. Okay. Yes, you can look up specific ones, even some of the storytellers that we have had at uh, StoryFest here in Cookville, which is, by the way, free. Yes. But uh, we have just uh, different storytellers come in here we have some local storytellers people when they hear the word storytelling they think of children but storytelling is not necessarily just it's good entertainment you like a stand-up comic Mm. some stand-up comics tell stories their story thank you so much for sharing your story today with us thank you for asking absolutely readers thank you for listening check out your local library check out a storyteller and then start your own story too